I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 27. When morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate, the governor. Now, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, You've said so. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave him no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they delivered him. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now, the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. And he said, why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail the King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. 
Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were sacrificed with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, he saved others, he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and we'll believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I'm the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, this man's calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly this is the Son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, and laid it in his own new tomb, which had been cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, 
order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he's risen from the dead. And then the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Um, we're in our series of, of 1 Timothy, and the Bible reading I've chosen for today is just a, a small part of the next section. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 6. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Saviour who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. A couple of thousand years ago, uh, probably not on a hill, such as the, the nice moving pictures we like to see of this, this cross on this beautiful green um, undulating hill, um, and not like the song that we sometimes sing, there is a green hill far away, probably not on a hill, but at a hill, a hill that, that the locals would call Golgotha, which means place of the skull, and it's most likely what is a particularly creepy rock formation which resembles eyes, little cave things which, which get the eyes and, the, and there's a nose jutting out and then a slit for the mouth. And when the, when the shadows are just right, it, it looks really creepy. You can see some photos of it on the, on the internet if you, if you want. And it wasn't accidental nor was Jesus an unwilling participant. Uh, this is the place of death. This is the place where, where people, criminals, were executed. So it's not this beautiful place that we sometimes like to think. So it wasn't an accident. Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all. At one time... The forgiveness of sins was available for the people of Israel through the temple sacrificial system. And the intermediary for them, the mediator between God and men, at that point, was the high priest. And so once a year, the high priest was allowed to venture beyond the thick curtain. There was a thick curtain in the temple that separated the holy place, that's the spot where the priests were allowed to go, at least the ones who were on duty were allowed to be there. And then that was separated off with this thick curtain from the Holy of Holies. And this is the place where prior to this is where the, the um, Ark of the Covenant was kept. And this is the place um, for God. And once a year, the high priest could step beyond the thick curtain into the Holy of Holies and meet with God and there atone for the sins of the people of Israel. But in 1 Timothy, we discover that, that God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
Now, there's a bit of a problem there for those who weren't the people of Israel because how do these non-Jews, how do the Gentiles, how could they come to be saved when, when they weren't even allowed to be in the temple? Right? They were allowed into the temple precinct, into what was known as the court of the Gentiles, but they weren't that sort of like allowed into the, into the outer yard, if you like, but they weren't allowed in the temple itself. How could they be saved? Well, this all changed at the cross. Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all, not just for a few, for all. And that word all, it, it really means all kinds, like for, for every nationality. When Jesus died, he cried out with this loud voice and he yielded up his spirit. And he says, and look, the, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom, right? It wasn't like two people at the bottom could get, get and pull and it tears up from the top. It was torn from the top to the bottom. And the earth shook and rocks were split. Now, what was happening? What was the significance of this, temp, of this curtain being torn in two? What was happening was Jesus was paying the ransom for all, not just for the people of Israel, but for the Jews as well. And this is the point that, Timoth that, that Paul is making to Timothy because this letter is written mainly to Gentiles, to people like us. God desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. What is that truth? There is one God. There is one mediator between God and men. And that mediator is the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all. There is only one God. And there is only one way to be saved because there is only one mediator between God and man. In essence, Jesus has become the new high priest and not just for the people of Israel, for all people. Now, some denominations and some Christians themselves have a very weird and warped view about mediation between God and man. That they have a picture that, that uh, you know, I'm, I'm not worthy to come before a holy God. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. And, and so I, I need someone who is more worthy than me. I need somebody who knows more than me. I, I need someone to be an intermediary between God and me. And that's the way many people feel. And they're quite right. We are not worthy. I'm not worthy. We do need an intermediary. We do need a mediator between us and God. But the problem is they look in the wrong place for that mediator. There is how many mediators? One mediator. No other. And who is that? The man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all. Some have the understanding that it's the priest or it's the pastor who is the mediator between them and God. They are quite wrong. There is only one man who is the mediator, the man, Christ Jesus, 
who gave himself as a ransom for all. Some try and better that. Okay, the local priest isn't good enough. Let's go to the head honcho. Let's go to the Bishop of Rome, the Pope. And and they go to him and and he's going to be our mediator between God and man. They also are quite wrong. There is one mediator, one man who is the mediator. Who is that? The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. Some take it another step and they pray to or through a particularly special Christian or two, right? Uh, maybe they might be Christians who have died and, and, we rec- and, and people recognise them as being extra special and they've been canonised as saints perhaps. And, and okay, well, we can't come before God, but these extra special Christians, they'll be able to do it on our behalf, they think. They can be the intermediary. They are quite wrong. There is only one man who is the mediator. Who is that? The man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all. Some look to Buddha. Some look to Krishna, Dalai Lama. Some people look to Muhammad or some other god or goddess or some other intermediary who they hope is going to give them some kind of eternal hope and happiness. They are quite wrong. There is one God. There is one mediator between God and men, and that mediator is the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all. That's what the cross is about. Um, This is a great hope for many parents and grandparents who are praying for their children and grandchildren for us to know that that God desires all people to be saved. And so we pray with confidence, knowing that what we want is what God wants. And God made that possible when Jesus paid the ransom. This can't happen through multiple belief systems. And this is why we preach truth. The truth is there is one God. There is one mediator between God and men. And what's the evidence of that? When Jesus died on the cross as the ransom, verse 6 says, this is the testimony given at the proper time. Now, the Greek word for testimony is martyrion, and yes, that's the word from which we get our word martyr. And it means testimony, no, testimony, evidence, proof. The proof that there is one God, the proof that there is one mediator between God and men, the proof is that the mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the one who gave himself as the ransom for all. Our Lord on the cross is the proof that he's the mediator through whom God made it possible for all to be saved. None other. Only Jesus, our Lord, our saviour, our mediator, our ransom.
Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you and praise you. Words cannot express how great the love you have for us, that you gave yourself as a ransom for all. And Lord, we thank you that, that you are the one mediator between us and God. Forgive us for whenever we've looked for any other intermediary. Even though we are so unworthy, you took on flesh to die so that we sinful mortals could commune with a holy God. Lord, help us never to cease to marvel at this, at your great love demonstrated at the cross. Help us to never take this for granted. We love you, Lord. And on this day that we remember, we worship you. Amen.